Hi, this is Pastor Wade Foy coming to you from First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson. This is our weekly message. We're so glad that you have joined us. We hope this message will bless you. Our scripture today, uh, we're going to be looking at John the Baptizer um, and uh, how he uh, impacts us in terms of peace and how, what that looks like as well. So as I was telling the kids, um, it, today is all about peace. Second Sunday of Advent is about peace. Last week was hope, and today is about peace. And I don't know about you, but it seems like peace is a bit harder to find these days. With the 24-hour news cycle, with the go-go world we live in, uh, the sense that it's, we can't be still at any point in time because uh, time is of the essence Peace really seems as if it's just a foreign concept at times, uh, as if it's something that's really far away from us. So I want to take a moment uh, this morning, and I want to, us to think uh, about peace, to remember what it feels like to be at peace. So think for a moment. You can close your eyes if you want. It's going to be okay. We'll think about peace for just a moment. So what comes to mind when you think about peace? Could be like a peace treaty, like the end of hostilities between two groups. It could be a time of calm where everything is peaceful after a storm. We noticed that last night, several of us, that storm came in and it was not peaceful there for a few minutes for sure. Or could be like going to your happy place, a place where you picture in your mind a spot or a time where you felt at ease about everything. This happy place could be an actual place you have been, could be uh, your house or your parents' house or or a family member's house. It could be uh, uh, something like that where uh, it's an actual spot, a vacation place, a beach you visit often, something like that. Or it could be a general place like Sitting by a fire, doesn't matter where you are, you just enjoy sitting by a fire. You like being by a river, listening to a river flow, hearing the laughter of a good friend. Whatever you think of when you think of peace is powerful, as it helps you to imagine what it feels like to be totally filled with a sense of calm where the worries of the world have passed away and you are at ease within yourself. For me, my happy place is, is a few physical places and a few of those general places. So I love going to my family ranch. Uh, it's up in North Texas. That's definitely a physical place um, that I just love to be at. And then the general places are being by a fire. I just love sitting by and watching a fire. Uh, I love being by any body of water and just, uh, just gives a sense of calm And then also just having a conversation and just hearing the voice and having a talk with a good friend. Each of these places gives me a sense of calm, that peaceful, easy feeling. With peace in our minds and our hearts, we turn to our scripture now, um, which is Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, and ask God to speak through it. So hear now the reading of God's holy word. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending you my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise to your word. We ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Let us hear from you today. Let my words be of you, God. Amen. So each of the gospels, uh, the writers of each of the gospels, kind of start their accounts of Jesus in a different place. So with Matthew, uh, we open to the New Testament, and Matthew's that first one. And the first thing we get in the New Testament is a list of ancestors. Isn't that exciting? Just love reading that, right? It's the first thing you read when you, t- when you read that New Testament. I know every, every week I'll read that um, list of ancestors. It's important, but uh, I, I, now that I ha- have some understanding of who those people are, which is always good, uh, it kind of helps. But uh, it's not always my favorite thing to read. And so we talk about the other ones. So John, uh, the Gospel of John, he starts all the way back at the beginning, and he relates it to Jesus. Luke, which we normally uh, talk about during uh, Christmas time, because he's the one who talks about not only Jesus' birth, but also John the baptizer's birth. Uh, they are cousins, after all. They're, they're related to each other. And then Mark, uh, the one that we just heard this morning, uh, he starts with John the baptizer's ministry. And how it flows into Christ's own ministry. The ministry of John the Baptizer is one of the few things that is mentioned in each of the four Gospels. So when something is mentioned in all four Gospels, it's something that is very important. It means that it's something that we should pay attention to. And in this, we see uh, that John the Baptizer, he blazed the trail and pointed the way to Jesus. He kind of, he says, you know, go out and do these things. And that's what he did. Now on the surface, um, I understand that, that John the baptizer, it doesn't seem like he is a very peaceful person. He is known for calling people out, for telling people, hey, you need to repent of your sins, stop doing those things, and to follow God. In fact, John is one who we remember, who kept calling people out until it cost him his life. However, while John outwardly called people out to change their ways, the reason why he did so is because inwardly he was at peace. He knew his purpose. He knew what he was called to do, and he went and did that with his entire being. And even though he lived on the edge of society, people were drawn to him, 
drawn to John from all over, it says, from all over Judea and even coming down from Jerusalem. They would travel for miles to hear his message, to hear him preach, and to be baptized by him. What they saw in John was someone who lived out the message that they preached, someone who was authentic in every way possible. People saw that, and people needed that as it was different from what they saw in the leaders in their lives. Both the leaders in government uh, there in uh, Judea and throughout the Holy Land, as well as the religious leaders as well. I used to think it's odd, the next part of the scripture, it talks about what uh, John wore and what he ate. Uh, It talks about how he ate locusts and wild honey, and he wore this simplest of clothing from camel hair. But I think what it shows there is the authenticity of his message. He relied on God for his every need, down to what he wore and what he ate. And that impressed people so much back then that 2,000 years later, it's something that we read about. Now, I'm not saying to quit your job and to start the John the Baptizer diet or anything of the sort. You know, there's some of those out there, the Daniel plan and these kind of things. I have eaten wild honey before. It's pretty tasty. I've eaten, had grasshoppers, the type of locust, right? And they're not that bad. But I don't recommend either, eating either on the regular. However, like John, I do hope that you rely on God for what you have. And therein lies a key to peace. Reliance on God brings peace. Let me say that again. Reliance on God brings peace. When we have a relationship with God, we know the one who has it all and gives us all that we need. Or as someone once said, and we have a picture here for this, no God, no peace. We'll wait for it. Here it comes. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. Kind of a turn of phrase, but I think it's very true and it's very important for us to remember that. Without God, there's not much hope or peace. And that's like what we talked about last week with hope. If you don't have God, it's hard to have hope. Same thing with peace. Peace is impossible. But with God, you can truly have peace. You can know and you can have peace. When you have peace, just like with hope, you want to give it to others. When you know God, you want others to know God. You want to tell others about the peace and the life, life that you have found in Jesus. It's like the kid who uh, has their favorite toy and it's show and tell day and they have to bring that toy and they they bring that toy and they show and they tell it not only to their class but on the way in they say hey you know principal look at this hey janitor look at this hey whoever you are look at my toy I have to show you it they don't care if it's worn down with use they don't care if anybody else sees it as valuable because they know that if anybody else if anybody they come across can see that toy as they do, that they will want to go out and buy it for themselves. They'll want to go out and define that same toy 
themselves. And the world needs Jesus, my friends. The world needs peace. If nothing else shows us it, all that has gone on with the United Methodist Church, uh, both last year and this year, the conflicts there, and the current conflict that we have seen play out, uh, and, and it's back going. I, I thought that they were going to keep that uh, ceasefire, but the Israel and Hamas, that proves peace is needed. Now, I know you, what you may be wondering at this point, or you may be wondering this at your point, um, I can't impact world peace, you might think to yourself. And I'm not in elementary school anymore. I can't take my favorite toy and show it to everybody. There's no show and tell anymore, which I think is wrong. I think we should still have show and tell as adults. So how can I do anything about peace? Know that I hear you and know that peace is for sure something that is needed in these larger world-encompassing issues. But so, too, is peace needed in our everyday lives, in the issues and the obstacles that we face on a daily. And I think the uh, prayer of St. Francis is helpful when we think about this, when we seek peace within ourselves and also how we bring peace to others. So he starts his prayer by saying this. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Right at the beginning, we recognize that the peace we have and are seeking to bring to others flows not from us, but from God. He continues with this. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. When we are seeking to bring peace, the action that he talks about is sowing, like we are sowing seeds, like we're going out there into a field and sowing seeds. That the places to bring peace, that we're seeking to bring peace, is the seed of whatever it is. And so in this place, what Francis says is that when there is hatred, let us sow seeds of love, and that will help to bring peace. And then he goes on to a few other areas. He says, where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Again, sowing the seeds of pardon, faith, hope, light, and joy are what is needed to bring peace to injury, doubt, despair, darkness, and sadness. Just as love brings peace to hatred, each of those seeds bring peace to their counterpoint. And this may not be just something that is out there in our world, something that we're hoping to bring to others, but something that we may need within ourselves. Because sometimes we are in a place where we are doubting or we're in sadness or these type of things. And so an instrument of peace doesn't mean just let me bring that to someone else because we have to bring it to ourselves before we can bring it to someone else. The prayer closes this way. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in the giving that we receive, it is in the pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in the dying that we are born to eternal life. For peace to come in relationships, 
in conflicts, both large and small, we are told to seek to console others, to understand others, and to love others. This is the watering of the seeds of peace that were planted in the first part of the prayer. So we, we plant those seeds, and then this is the watering. And what is the harvest of the sowing and watering? In a word, peace. Or as Francis so eloquently puts it at the end of the prayer, it is in the giving that we receive. So it is in the giving of peace that we receive peace. It is in the pardoning that we are pardoned. That's all about peace. And it is in the dying that we are born to eternal life. That's eternal peace. Peace, peace, and more peace. May we each be instruments of peace in our lives and our world and seek to sow and water the seeds of peace all around us. Make it so, Lord. Make it so. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for being the God of peace. Lord, help us to be your instruments of peace in our lives and in our world. Lord, help us to be all about you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon message. We hope this, this has blessed you in some way. Please see our notes below for if you have a prayer request or if you would like to learn more about our church.